Before we get started, Dead and Married would like to thank those very close to our Dead Black Hearts, our patrons. Thank you to William Rush, Karima Rhodes, my best friend and fellow Tom Atkins lover, Gary Horton, Carissa. Jonathan says thank you. Dr. Sexy himself, Kent Morton. Oh yeah. Kate Lamp, Travis's cowgirl, Lala Thomas. Hey girl. And last but certainly not least, our friends over at the Podmortem Podcast. You can also check out their very own show every Monday on all major platforms. And now, on with the show. Warning. The following show features spoilers and opinions performed either by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. Accordingly, Dead and Married and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any opinion or fuckery performed on this show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dead and Married. I'm Travis. I'm Ashley. And this week we got to do the movie that I'm thankful for. Yes. One of them, because we each got to pick two. And for our first, for my first thankful movie, I picked Terrifier. Now, before everybody's like, kind of sick bastard is this, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that they gave us a new slasher villain. Mm-hmm. And you could say, well, he's not really new because you had Pennywise and whatever. But he rings, okay, he, specifically David Howard Thornton, another serial killer name, um, <laughs> he brings a much different personality than what we've seen from any other slasher that I'm familiar with anyway. And that's what I appreciate about him as a villain. Well, to be fair, our big Titans, you know, our big three and the B tier and C tier and so on, that pretty well died out in the nineties. We didn't have any horror icons. I mean, even going up into the knots, we didn't have anything as far as a hero, a horror hero. So this is like, I mean, I'm going to go on record and say, I feel like, David Howard Thornton as uh, Art the Clown has reached icon status. I mean, in in my humble opinion, I think that he has. No, I agree. And this is, he's done it on the strength of really just two movies. Now there's uh, an anthology out there called All Hallows Eve, correct? Mm-hmm. That had Art the Clown in what one episode and then he's kind of sprinkled throughout i think a little bit but right. it was played by a different actor and this is no no shade on that actor he did a, he did a fine job but david howard thornton really brought art to life i think so i think yeah. well this is this actually to go into its uh, conception a little bit before all hallows eve uh terrifier was actually a short and i believe it's i don't know if it's still on youtube but i believe that's where it started out was the segment that you see is what ended up being in all hallows eve right so uh, I really um, like like you were just saying he was obviously portrayed by a different actor, but I kind of knew like the first time just watching All Hallows Eve, like this dude's fucking creepy. Like the the character, the concept itself. Um, there was a shitty entry in there with uh, guys that are supposed to be aliens. Or they're supposed to be aliens, but it's guys wearing shitty scuba suits. But there's this painting that this girl doesn't want to look at the entire time. And once the sheet is removed from that painting, you see what looks like our classic artwork from um, Terrifier now. And just him alone as a character is so striking all by himself that while I don't agree personally, I can understand where people would say he's even scarier than Pennywise. I would agree with that. Like, he's extremely off-putting. So the thing for me that makes him scarier than Pennywise, I'm waiting for Twitter to explode. Um, (laughs) The thing that for me that makes him scarier than Pennywise is, number one, he doesn't talk at all he doesn't make a sound even when he gets injured he doesn't make a sound he he takes it um but that he also has seems to have no motivation at all and i know we've talked about that before that that's what 
in OG Halloween made Michael Myers scarier was that there was no motivation for what he was doing. Pennywise has motivation. You know, he was an ancient being. He's feeding whatever. Art just likes doing sick shit to people. He just gets off on it. And if he sees you, you're just, it's tag. You're it. Pretty it doesn't, much. there's no agenda there. He's just crazy as fuck and he he's going to kill people. He just takes great delight in what he's doing. But the flip side of that is that it also makes for comedy gold at the same time. There are so many times in Terrifier, well, both of them, Terrifier 2, which hopefully we'll get to cover at some point, where I laugh and it's probably inappropriate. <laughs> But some of his expressions, the way we're alone in that, the way Thornton puts art out there is just, I don't know. Did he go to mime school? I guess I need to look that up, but it's his facial expressions. He, he conveys a lot without ever saying a word. So that's a Mm -hmm. a huge credit to that actor. Um, Because that was one of the things they said they had a problem with, with like, um, with Jason, you know, how do you give something a personality that doesn't speak ever? Right. And, you know, so we got Kane Hodder who kind of gave Jason a personality without saying anything. Right. I feel like that's what he's done for Art the Clown. Yeah. Because there's, there's, and he just can flip it on a dime too, because we'll, we'll get to it here in a few minutes, but there's some scenes where he is laughing hysterically, but then something will happen and he'll snap out of it and just go right back to menacing like no emotion behind the face just 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 oh i don't know i don't know how to describe it but the scene that comes to mind is the pizza restaurant when he's sitting there staring at her he's just sitting there staring at her and he oh man the look on his face is just (laughs) you're like i'm gonna get up and leave now yeah like i am and i'm gonna look over my shoulder all the way to the car (laughs) yeah um but anyway, so this movie actually uh, was written and directed by Damien Leone. I don't think we covered that yet. So I I appreciate what Damien has done here. I really do. <laughs> but I need something from you, Damien. I need a Terrifier 3, and I need you to tell me more about Art the Clown. Right. It'll be our little secret. You don't have to tell anybody else. You don't have to tell Ashley. Just me. It'll be like a bro secret. Excuse me. He has liked one of my tweets. I will never tell Ashley if you Personally, tell Personally. Has he ever liked one of yours? I think not. When's the last time I tweeted? <laughs> That's fair. But uh, I will say that that was probably the highlight of my month was, and I, I almost started screaming because I had talked about how much I enjoyed Terrifier 2. And he ended up liking it like a few minutes later. And I was like, Travis! Travis, oh my God! It's like, he's like, what? I'm like, I was like, Damien Leone liked one of my tweets. Like, oh my God, it was, I was freaking out. And I don't know if it's Leone or Leone. I've heard it pronounced both ways. So not entirely positive on that. But either way, it was, it was definitely the highlight of my month and I geeked out pretty hard. Yeah. And uh, we've seen a couple of YouTube reviews where they were less than kind about this, but I well, disagree with them. I disagree with one. I disagree with that one completely. Uh, but Damien also did the special effects makeup on this film. Yeah. He, I think I heard at some point that he had a background in that. Yeah. So I, I think he did a fantastic job. But I really do need you to do me a solid and tell me more about Art the Clown. So Do we need that though? Or I think when it's time for Michael sh- and Lori not need to be brother and sister. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I mean, clearly we find out by the end that he's supernatural in some way. Right. I don't want motivation. I don't want any of that. I just want more background on him himself. 
Well, I have a theory, and but that's purely based off of part two, part two, which we are not talking about. So right. I will not get into that right now, especially since it's still new and people still may have not seen it yet, which if you haven't, oh my God, what the fuck are you doing? Go watch it. If you've got a Screenbox subscription, I think because of the success that it has had, it has stayed in theaters longer than anybody thought it was going to be and is making bank. Which I I think is fucking wonderful. Well, the crazy part is they initially released it, and it was so the second one is so gory, um, and it's got some it's got some rough shit in it. Where yeah. they they only, it was a limited release, and they didn't release it. What it was only a few hundred theaters, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean they they didn't, and then the uh, the response to it was so strong that they were like, shit, I guess we just need to do a nationwide release, and so it. Yeah, it's doing really well. Yeah, I I'm so as a as a horror lover, I'm so excited by that too, especially with someone like Damien Leone, who for all intents and purposes has been a one man team on this whole thing. You know, like you said, he wrote, he directed, he did special effects. Um, is just everything that he has done with the the amount of money that he had is really fucking impressive, and um. Is, is Terrifier perfect? No, it's not. It's got its little bit of issues. But when you have something where you don't have the amount of money you need to finance it, what he did, I don't know how he did it. Because especially the special effects, like they don't look cheap. You know, with with the exception here and there, but my God, the man is has. Oh, so, I, I can't I can't praise it enough. Yeah, I, I heard that criticism in the uh, the review that we did watch uh, about the, the effects looked cheap. But there's some things that they do in Terrifier. It's going to be impossible to do that and not be able to tell that it's fake. Otherwise, it's just a snuff film. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's because he goes there. Damien, you went there. And I don't know. I think it's. I think it's great. And I'm not normally a gore hound. Uh, like I said, what really, what really does it for me is art. The clown. Yeah, he makes the film for me. So I, I was talking to one of uh, one of our friends last night, a friend of the show, and he was talking about how here lately you seem to really be coming around on the genre that you're. You seem like you're really getting into it now. And I said, I know we're losing our whole shtick because it was supposed to be that I love them and you tolerate them. But Terrifier 2 was the first movie that we came out of that you were so excited about what we had just watched. Terrifier 2 was the first horror movie that's come out in a long time where I saw the trailer and I was like, I want to go see that. Yeah. Like you came out and you were just, you were pumped. And I remember we talked about it almost the entire way home about what we loved about it. So yeah, we had to drive a long way to see it too. We did. We did. There's we no way in hell travel. they're ever going to show a movie like that here. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> but yeah, we had, like, like I said, if you haven't seen it already, definitely get the $5 subscription. It's cheaper than getting $8 blue mark verified as i pointed out on instagram the other day <laughs> so get a screen box screen box subscription and yeah check it out because honestly i didn't think they made movies like this anymore well no they don't they don't make movies like this anymore not in, not in the united states anyway <laughs> um i've seen i've seen some foreign films that they they, yeah, they right. don't have a lot of, well, um, the sadness. Right, yeah. That was one that, yeah, they went there too. Which also, we did talk about that one. If you haven't seen it yet, what are you waiting for? Go see it. Uh, but check out Terrifier and Terrifier 2 for sure. Um, as far as your $8 comment, I'll have you know, 
that he started at 20. Stephen King's negotiated him down to eight. We're counting on Mr. King to continue. He will negotiate him back down to zero. I really doubt it. I believe in Stephen King. I think uh, I think we're not going to have a Twitter before too long, but hey, yeah, we'll have to me. find another platform. <laughs> so anyway, on with the show. This movie, would you call this a cold open? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I would actually. So uh, we begin with like this staticky little tiny television, like one of those thirteen-inch TVs, and yeah, you know, they got the static effect on there, uh, and it's a. Uh, I don't know what you call her. She's a TV personality, a host, and she's. Talk show. I get kind of the impression that she's sort of the shock jock type, right? Like mm-hmm. she's the she's the one that asks people crazy questions and gets invasive. Right. Um, and she's interviewing the survivor from this film. So we we begin at the end. So the person that she's interviewing is Victoria Hayes, and she was she's the survivor, she's the only survivor of the what Mills County massacre, yeah. isn't that what they call it? Mm-hmm. And she's played by actress Samantha, I apologize for this last name, Scafidi. It's probably wrong. It's the best I got. <laughs> anyway. Um, and her face is horribly mangled. This, it, it's very clearly a mask. And we did hear some criticisms over the mask, but I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, but yeah, they start off well enough with the questions, I guess. And then she gets, the, the host gets worse. But then we, we just kind of move on from there into the dressing room where she's basically just talking shit on the cell phone uh, to someone, a husband, the boyfriend. Husband, yeah about how bad uh, Victoria looks, but there's noises behind her coming from like a clothing rack. And then, of course, Victoria pops out and does basically the same thing <laughs> yeah. to her face. She fucks her face all the way up. Yeah. She, except she fucks her face. She, she <laughs> fucked her face with her hands. <laughs> and she's sitting there laughing about it afterwards. So, I mean, there's been some major psychological drama, clearly. Right. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, we know from the from Go that Art fucked Victoria up pretty bad. Yeah, and it also kind of tells us what we're in for as far as the film. Because like we said, All Hell is Eve, we sort of get a taste of it. But this one goes balls to the wall as far as what Art is capable of. Right, you see his handiwork. And then you see what Victoria does uh, to this TV personality. And there's plenty of blood in his first 10 minutes here. Where she just like she's got an eyeball hanging out. I mean, it's it's pretty nasty. Before but, we go to that interview, though, I really enjoyed this beginning scene of him basically getting ready. You know, we see that he's m- making some crude tools and doing his makeup and and putting on the costume. And I really enjoyed that part of it. I mean, on one hand, it's kind of hard to picture what he, him not walking around in that outfit all the time, I guess, being an ordinary citizen, I guess. But it it's still cool to see that process that he's going through. And then, of course, the interview pissed him off because uh victoria says says uh he he's dead i was there i saw it happen and he kicks tv you see a clown shoe kick a a tiny tv (laughs) yeah but yeah that is kind of neat watching him assemble his toolbox well which goes into a big black trash bag i believe uh the thing that he's fashioning is his cat of nine tails yes that he uses later which to me is the scariest weapon that he holds in his arsenal yeah because it doesn't have like glass or anything on the end he affixes scalpels to the end of it scalpels nails so all kinds of shit it's gonna jack you up yeah 
hardcore. And now we time travel, right? Back to the beginning. Yeah. We've got two girls, one played by Jenna Cannell. She plays Tara Hayes, the sister of uh, Victoria, and Catherine Corcoran, who plays Dawn, and she's just the friend, the drunk friend. (laughs) Well, Well, I believe they're they're both both drunk. drunk. Yeah. (laughs) And they're coming home, coming back from a party. They get to the car. They both decide they're t- way too drunk to drive. Um, this is a Halloween party, a Halloween by the way. Party. This is set during Halloween. Right. So what uh, Tara is supposed to be. Skeleton. A skeleton. Sexy and skeleton and Don's sexy scarecrow. Sexy scarecrow. Yeah. They're just wearing dresses. Like I, if Which I, I dig the sexy skeleton costume. Like if, if I had one and I was like, I don't know, 30 pounds lighter, I'd probably wear it too. So... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so they stand and they, but they see Art for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of walking down the sidewalk. <laughs> well, here's here's the deal. I know that in a, in a shot like this, the way he's introduced, him just kind of walking down the street doesn't look scary. But it, it took me back to a scene in, um, I think it's Creepshow 2, the Hitchhiker episode, where after the lady has run over the guy, a few minutes later, everything seems to be calm. And then she just happens to glance in her mirror and the guy's all fucking mangled just walking down the street. Like yeah. there's something about that. That you don't necessarily have to have a big musical cue and you don't have to have a big dramatic entrance. There's something about that, the mundane of just sitting there doing nothing. And then all of a sudden this fucking creep (laughs) just starts coming out of nowhere. Yeah, but a lot of that has to do with the expression on his face when you when you see him for the first time walking down the street with his train and just standing there staring at them. Yeah. He's got that very like, it's it's almost it's I would say blank. Blank. But Pale, pissed off at the same emotionless time. Emotionless face. Yes. And the blackest eyes. The devil in it. Like a doll's eyes. <laughs> the devil's and, eyes. <laughs> and like if you if you were walking down the sidewalk and that guy's coming at you, you're going to cross the street and you're not going to walk past him. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, no, no, no. No, I would be quickly going the other way. Like you immediately get. Somewhere highly populated. Sort of a menacing uh, feeling from him. Just his presence there. Right. So then the the friend, she's what, says, I got to piss like a racehorse or something like that. <laughs> so she they, says it's the longest piss she's ever taken. Yeah, so they go to a pizza place, uh, somewhere public, right? When mm-hmm. you get something to eat, because the uh, Tara says, if I get something to eat, I'll be fine to drive. It does not work that way. I'm just from experience. It does not work that way. <laughs> but so they're, they're sitting there waiting on their pizza and Hart shows up. And this is the part where I'm like, okay, uh, that's fucked. That's creepy. Yeah. Because he goes in and sits down at a booth like across from them and just stares at Tara. And the look on his face of that blank, emotionless (laughs) face, he just looks so sour. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's hard to describe the face that he's making, but that, like, it would make me uncomfortable. Like, (laughs) Like, even though he's blank, he still looks so angry. Like, he's angry at her for right. no reason, necessarily. Yeah, he just looks pissed off. And she's getting more and more uncomfortable. So she tells the, she tells the friend, like, oh, it's that guy over there. So, of course, Dawn goes over there and starts taking selfies with him. <laughs> So I have I've heard people say that the character of Dawn is annoying. I actually kind of <laughs> found her really hilarious because yes, she's being obnoxious and yes, she's always saying the stupid thing or doing the stupid thing. But at the same time, and maybe it's just the portrayal of the actress. I just found her extremely likable and I she didn't bother me. No, I thought she was funny. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've met people like that. <laughs> I was going to say I think I know so, people like that. So she didn't she didn't really bother me. But yes, yeah, she goes over there and takes selfies with him takes his hat off and then puts it back on and he's still just sitting there with that same face 
And then she has like the, I don't know, I don't know if it's stupidity, bravery, audacity, what she grabs him by the chin when he won't turn to look at her camera, grabs him by the chin and turns his head toward the camera. And I'm like, oh man. Well, you put your hands on his face. That's not a good idea. Do you know where that face has been? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Which she gets her, he gets his vengeance for that face touch later. Right. But yeah. He gets his vengeance for that selfie later. So she immediately (laughs) tweets it. And then she's like, you already got eight likes. <laughs> so, so they go eat their pizza. And I guess the, the pizza guy's like, hey, man, you know, what are you doing? And, of course, Art gets up, goes to the bathroom. Well, is this back before out. or after he goes to the gumball machine and buys a That's ring right. for He goes Kara. and gets a, one of those little 25-cent rings and puts it on her left ring finger. Yeah. And he's so proud of himself. <laughs> It's hard yeah, well, to describe his so facial expressions. It. He just like he just wants her to have wear his ring. Yeah. And yeah, he's trying to be sweet and it's all smiles and it's kind of funny yeah. watching him do it. It's funny seeing his enthusiasm for it and her discomfort with it at the same time. Yes. Like those two polar opposite feelings put right right next to each other on screen. Yeah. There's something kind of funny about it. <laughs> I'm wrong, and no, I th- I, I think it's I think it's cute. But so, yeah, what does that say about me? <laughs> he just stands up and walks off and goes to the bathroom. Yeah, comes back out. Well, no, what? The pizza owner ran him out. Yes, and he's like, "You sick fuck." <laughs> because and, Art decided to treat it like it was a Waffle House bathroom. <laughs> he, why did you say that? He Art made cave paintings <laughs> on the wall, um, with. And it wasn't blood. It was another viscous substance. And he wrote his name. He wrote his name in shit on the the wall. And he was so proud. He was so proud. Right up until the pizza owner throws him out. And then he's just like waving with both hands. He's like, I use my hands. So he leaves. And the girls are like, all right, it's fine. So they leave. And of course, as soon as he gets, like, why didn't, why didn't Terry go to the bathroom before they left the pizza place? I, I don't know. Honestly. Maybe maybe it was just that unease of him being there. Could but the pizza guy had already thrown him out. I would not go to that bathroom after that. You think they only had the one? There wasn't like a men's and a women's. In a little place like that, yeah, I bet it's there probably was just only one, one bathroom. Yeah. And even if they had cleaned it up, I'm still not fucking using it. Yeah. Like, no. That's true. That's true. No, you're gonna get the gross. You're gonna get the cheese touch from that. <laughs> you're gonna get something. Yeah. So no, there's there's no way I'm using that bathroom after that. But at any rate, so they go back to the car and realize that she doesn't have her keys, right? Lost her keys. I thought there was the something wrong with her tire. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, flat he did. tire or some he, shit. He flattened her tire. Well, we think he flattened the tire. Um, so they're waiting on the sister, Victoria, to come pick him up, give him a ride home. She's in college and she's studying, or she should be studying, but now she's going to go pick up her drunk sister and her friend. Well, it's, she she was supposed to be studying, but then her drunk roommate and her boyfriend come in and it fully intended to just fuck yeah, right there she in the room with her. She can't study while they're fucking. So yeah. anyway, so they're waiting on her. She decides she has to go to the bathroom, sees this dude step out on the stoop of... Uh, supposed to be like a condemned building or something like that but on the inside it looks like it's just a tenement of some kind uh, but he's there he's just an exterminator he's gonna bomb it and he, she's like well you know i need to use the bathroom so he lets her in this is sort of this, it speeds up a lot at this point to me the film does mm, 
to me, this is kind of where it lulls a little bit. You think so? This whole, I need to go to the bathroom. Hey, because there's a, there's a conversation about going there's, to the bathroom. And there's to, some exposition. And, yeah. But and she, talking the guy into letting her use the bathroom and then talking about what kind of pest are you bombing for? Like, it, it's, it's a thing. Right. But anyway, so she goes to the bathroom comes back out and this is where she runs into the homeless lady the first time right when she's kind of walking around on the inside but meanwhile dawn is sitting in the car uh waiting for victoria to get there and she's listening to the radio when a news bulletin i guess you call it a bulletin comes on and they're talking about yeah no (laughs) well i mean it was unscheduled but the guy comes on and he's talking about uh, this killing that happened at a pizza place, Deer Park Pizza or Deer City Pizza. I don't remember the name of it. Fuck it. It doesn't matter. It's a pizza place. The same one they were at. <laughs> and apparently they everybody got butchered. Well, they are describing him as a tall, thin guy wearing a black and white clown costume and carrying a bag. Right. And she has this realization, oh shit. So she hauls out her phone and finds the selfies. And at one of them, you, it, it's only on screen for a minute, but it's not the one where she turned his face. She's taking a selfie and he's looking at her. Mm-hmm. But we also left out that... He- he fucked those two guys up he really did. bad, too. He went back and he turned the pizza place owner into a mana lantern. A mana lantern. And then the guy who was cleaning up the cave paintings, <laughs> well, he just stabbed him to death, really, in the face. Yeah. Stabbed him in the face a lot. He's very, very enthusiastic about his work. So Don's sitting there and then she looks over and Art's in the car with her, sitting in the passenger seat. And flashback we're inside the building with tara again and that's kind of it right i mean let's do some cat and mouse like she sees him in there she runs away and he stabs her in the leg like yeah from this point um i will say that story-wise there's there's not a there's not a lot that happens here it's basically cat and mouse for the rest of the film but it does subvert our expectations because for the first half of this movie you're thinking that tara is going to be our main character i mean we're more or less going with her she of the two girls she's obviously the one that's a little bit more dialed back seems like she is aware of her surroundings and worries about stuff is maybe the more responsible of the two so we go oh okay tara's going to be our final Final girl so we're going along with her as art is hunting her down and we get a lot of her trying to fight back and um he ends up well he finally does catch her yeah and like i said he stabbed her in the leg and <coughs> he was just so happy when he was doing it too multiple times it was i don't know i just that scene like he's just Again, it comes back to Thornton's portrayal of art that that's what gets me about about the Terrifier movies. So I guess she kind of wakes up. She's tied to a chair and Art's going through his tools, trying to find just the perfect gift for her. And he finally comes up with a hacksaw and she thinks and we think he's about to saw her up. But then he goes over to this big tarp and pulls it down and we see Dawn hanging spread eagle upside down. Right. And well, naked. Nude except except for her her drawers. Yeah. Which he then removes, but it doesn't show that part. I was, I was kind of like of all the shit it shows, and they, they didn't show that. So, <laughs> I go, okay, you're going to show everything else, but and you then sound he, disappointed. No, no, I'm just surprised <laughs> that that's where they drew the line. Okay. Uh, anyway, so then Art proceeds to saw her in half vertically, <laughs> starting at her vagina, <laughs> like 
Well, slowly with a hacksaw. The first time you see this movie, you're going, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. They're not going to show, you're going to show, oh my God, they're showing, oh my God, they're showing that. That, That's that's basically what you're going through. I was sitting there thinking, he's not going to, oh fuck, he's doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he's doing it. Now, the both of us did say, there's no way she would have lived as long as she did. So it looks like she's still alive. All the way down to the sternum. Yeah. And I'm thinking, nah, nah, <laughs> probably not. But there's one shot where he's like sawing through her neck and it looks like her eyes are still blinking. I'm like, definitely not. <laughs> She's definitely not still alive at that point. But then there's one in, there's a killing up in Terrifier 2 that's yes. like that too. And you're like, there's no fucking way. We will, we will just call it the bedroom kill yeah. for anybody who's already seen that. You know what we mean. Yeah. It's so... I I think I was kind of a dick last weekend when we were talking about um, the people who were getting sick and passing out or leaving the movie and we were like amateurs, you know, wimps, whatever. Hopefully you guys know that that was in good fun and we weren't actually being serious. But I was having this conversation earlier. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We, we took our 14-year-old daughter to watch this with us because she loves Art the Clown. And she grew up on horror. We kind we let her watch at our discretion. You know, obviously we have a line. And we were talking about the big thing mostly is... You just said we have a line, but we took her to see Terrifier too. <laughs> well, I was about to explain myself. There's scary and then there's stuff that's just over the top that it can't possibly feel realistic. And I think that that's why even as gory as these films are, I don't take it seriously. Because, and it's just fun because, one, you're getting to see some really cool special effects and going, how the hell did they do that? And two, you're going, this is just too far-fetched for it to be believable. And then the, that, that takes the fear aspect out of it for me. Yeah. Yeah, but I can see in part two where there would be people that would could get ill, specifically with that scene. Um... I didn't not you specifically. I'm just saying. No, no, well, I was going to say not that scene personally. There was one scene um, involving a dinner table and smashed potatoes. And again, I won't get any further than that. I did. It's not that it like when I was watching in a theater, it that didn't even make me sick. But I was eating last night while I was watching that scene, and we just happened to have mashed potatoes, and so I did kind of sit and go Ugh, a little bit. <laughs> But yeah. that's because I chose the wrong time to eat, <laughs> but, or what I was eating, rather. But at, at any rate, I think that's the most extreme kill in this film, is the, the vertical having. <laughs> She's halved herself. <laughs> she halved herself. Um, and I, I really didn't see it going that way. And I can just see the guys on Wham! <laughs> like, in the taint! <laughs> yeah, um, right? Actually, that's not what he said. <laughs> but, in the taint! <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was, that was nuts. It really was. That was was nuts. But she manages to get loose and kind of hit him a couple of times. She finds a board. She beats him up some. Tara, not the sawed in half Tara. Yeah, not the sawed in half girl. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Tara kind of like beats him down a little bit. And we have, I call it the Indiana Jones moment. She's standing there with her chunk of two by four and she's beat him down and she, he's trying to get up and she's like, come on, motherfucker, get up. So he just pulls out a gun and shoots her. Yeah. In the leg. (laughs) And that's one of the things that I love about art, too, is that you don't expect, I mean, it's not not really ever been done before that your slashers will use 
a gun, you know. Freddie has his finger knives and Michael Myers has his uh, butcher's knife. Jason has his machete or whatever other lawn implement he may be choosing to use. But nobody, we don't expect these guys to use guns. So I actually find this refreshing, okay? And hear me out on this. It's just, I feel like just using the knives or blades or whatever, we've seen it. We've seen it, we've seen it, we've seen it. We kind of expect it at this point. So when he pulls out a fucking gun, I'm like, what? (laughs) You just don't expect that that's a thing that's going to happen. I laughed the first time I saw that. (laughs) And he's just so not give a fuck about it. (laughs) Well, that's the reason I call it the Indiana Jones moment. So yeah. for any anybody who has, has ever seen Indiana Jones and was it Raiders of the Raiders Lost Ark? Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. When they're in the street and the guy's got the sword and he's all doing his kung fu sword stuff. And then Indiana Jones just walks up there and he's like, fuck it, and pulls out a gun and shoots him. Yes. So I guess that was ad-libbed. Harrison Ford was really sick the day of filming and he didn't feel like fucking with it. So he just did that. But that's kind of what this was like for me. She's standing there holding, the, holding this two by four and Art's like, fuck it, <laughs> and just shoots her. Yeah. Um, and then he proceeds to shoot her again. And then he shoots her in the head. Well, sort of. He gets her in the cheek. He's not a great shot and realizes he's Maybe out of he ammo. he intended to shoot her in the cheek. And the expression on his face when he realizes that the slide's locked back and he's out of bullets is like, God damn it. <laughs> no more bullets. He's like, fucking again. <laughs> so he goes and digs through his trash bag. And like the whole, this, I don't know, again, it's all about art of him like digging through all his little stuff and pulling out all those little things. And finally, he finds a magazine, goes over there and shoots her in the head like eight more times. <laughs> said it's just it's so over the top that it's i just find it extremely hilarious yeah so but like i was saying it subverts our expectations because now tara's dead so now we're with victoria who finally shows up and something that i thought was even funnier is not only will art use a gun but he will also text he will text you (laughs) so he texts victoria and says that dawn is sick in the back to come find to come find them there so she ends up making her way over there and i'm i'm not exactly sure how this these events go from here there's a lot of running around yes she runs into the exterminator guy he's wearing his headphones he can't hear her. Um, there's more chasing at some point the exterminator guy gets hit in the head with a hammer mm-hmm. and i know that at least one person expressed a little bit of disappointment that it was just a hammer but I didn't, it didn't bother me. Like that is the most simple thing that he probably does, but it didn't, I don't know. I didn't have negative feelings about that. Did you? No. So anyway, um, but yeah, just a lot of chasing around. We get to see the the homeless woman again. And we now know that the baby she's carrying around is actually just a doll. There's not a well, baby. Well, we, I don't think we brought it up. She, Tara had met the homeless lady at some point and she was carrying the doll and was saying, and it was kind of, um, I don't know, kind of an awkward situation where she was like, hey, a new tenant. We need a new tenant in the building and maybe we can do, do laundry. our laundry together. And it was just... And Tara was like, okay, I'm backing up now. I'm going to leave. I just, so I guess really one, I don't have very many criticisms for this movie, but I think her character would be one. Okay. Not the actress, not the way she acted the part, just the inclusion of that character at all. Okay. I don't feel like it was necessary. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't think that she, her, her little part of the story contributed anything to the overall. I get that. But if it weren't for her, then we would not have one of my favorite scenes that comes up. No sleepaway camp moment. I got you. (laughs) Yeah. That's what you're all about. You 
know what? Now that you mentioned it, Felissa Rose might have played that part very well. <laughs> she might. You know what? She could have. <laughs> the homeless lady. Yeah, she, she would have. But she, she, she could. Then she couldn't be in the second one. That's that's fair. That's fair because she is in the second one. That's I forgot right. about that. Um, because at some point. Art is in, well, the homeless lady, she goes, I guess, where she's been sleeping in this alleyway, in this building or hall. I don't know what you'd call it. She wakes up and the doll's gone. Yeah, the doll's gone. And she sees Art sitting with it. And, of course, she's she thinks it's her baby. So she's upset and freaking out. But then she goes over and she starts to try to reason with him and starts asking him, which cracked London the hell up. But she's like, have you ever felt a mother's touch? And then he kind of regresses back into a baby or child, whatever, starts sucking his thumb. And you know what? He has not washed that hand since he finger painted in the pizza (laughs) place. That's fair. It's gross. Oh, man. (laughs) Everyone's going to have pink eye by the time this is over. Yeah, because at one point he had stuck his stuck his fingers in Tara's eyes or yeah, something. Yeah, she didn't have to worry about that anymore, though. <laughs> that's, that's true. But we cut away from that, and while the stuff has been going on with Victoria, she's been running around, eventually she runs into the homeless lady, who is now missing her breasts. Uh, and yeah, a good portion of her front. Top of her scalp. Yes. So I did have a little bit of a nitpick here because when you see her, it looks like it's just the top of her scalp. And yet when Art comes out wearing her scalp, it looks like a full on wig. Right. It doesn't look yeah. like it looks like he just took sort of the mohawk section out. <laughs> yeah. But. So it looks like he's wearing a full wig. So that that was a little bit of a nitpick that I had. But this is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And everybody's going to go, what the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> And it's because the way he carries himself in this particular scene, I love his little dainty walk that he does and the hair flipping. And He just, he's so prissy when he does it. I love it so much. Every time that scene comes on, I just, I crack the hell up. And he just, he's basically just fucking with Victoria at this point because he does end up leaving. And then she runs back into him again and he's riding this itty bitty little tiny comically small bike. So he's as much as, it's like he comes, he, he, like a raccoon almost. He's a trash panda. (laughs) Like... He will jump out and he'll attack for a few minutes and then he'll retreat. Right. And then he'll jump out and attack for a few minutes and then retreat. Well, he's got to go get a new toy and then come back. Yeah. But this is where, what, they wrestle around a little bit and she stabs him. And this is, right? She Yeah, she stabbed him. She stabbed him with the scalpel. And he, she runs off, and he stands up and gives her the finger. <laughs> oh, she stabbed him in the foot, right? Yeah, the scalpel, she stabbed. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the scalpel; it was like a, a railroad spike. Like yeah. she ruined his shoe. <laughs> she runs off, and he's just like bitch, and gives her the finger. It's, yeah, I love that. There's something about it that's just inappropriately hilarious. Yeah. So I think that's been a lot of our thing with these two films is that we're laughing almost as much as we're cringing, and. When we went to see Terrifier 2, the other people in there were laughing along with us. So we didn't feel like complete fucking weirdos. And and I felt weird about laughing at first and then everybody else is laughing too. So it was kind of okay. But uh, Mike from Wham, I guess when he went to see it, Terrifier 2 that is, uh-huh. and he was laughing, he said he was the only one in the theater laughing. And he was like, oh, I'm a dick. <laughs> I just, it made yeah. it kind of weird for him yeah thankfully the people that we were in there with they were laughing too all seven of them again a it's whole just... theater and there was like <laughs> seven people in there yeah 
still though they were laughing and that you know that provides some ease because then you don't feel like you're a fucking freak sitting there yeah so eventually she does run around and she finds tara again and this is probably if there was one this is going to sound odd maybe but if there was going to be a scene that makes me uncomfortable it's this it's not when she finds the sister it's when he comes up behind her with that whip Oh, oh. And starts going to town on her because it's probably one of the less over the top attacks that he does in the film. But it looks like it hurts so fucking much because mm-hmm. he's whipping her with this cat of nine tails with scalpels and shit on the end of it. And he's just tearing her up. Um, but she does finally get away and she runs off and makes her way back around into like a garage thing, like scoots through the door while not, he's behind her. Not quite yet because she does end up running back into the exterminator who we find out has lived That's through right. the hammer to the head. And he is, he's calling 911 and trying to get her help. And it doesn't seem like 911's taking them seriously. And he's like, you guys do whatever the fuck you want. This guy's here. I'm taking her to the hospital. And so you think, <laughs> we're getting oh, the fuck out. Yeah. You think, oh good. Until Art shows back up and this time he really fucking kills the guy he really does and at some point uh one of his buddies had come up here the boss or something like that had shown up and he didn't last very long at all he like walks through the building makes it maybe halfway through and art catches him cuts his head off off, and then goes for the extra point because he well he cuts it off puts it on the ground like he's a punter (laughs) puts his foot and then kicks the shit out of it yeah and he's so happy about it But yeah, so we we chase around after that, right? The exterminator guy's dead. She gets away. She goes through into like a garage area Mm -hmm. and she thinks that she's gotten away, except Art can also drive and drives a pickup through the door and knocks her down. And about this time, the cops show up and it's too late (laughs) for Victoria because when we, when they come up on him, Art was feeling a bit peckish. You can hear munching sounds or you hear something, you know, something bad has just, just happened. And the cops are looking at her like, Oh God, like it, you get feeling something really terrible happened. And before, I mean, this is Art's big fuck you moment. He's not going to let these guys put him down. He opts to shoot himself. This was a twist for me because honestly, I figured he would just turn around and kill those two cops. Right. He he just had a meal, (laughs) which was part of her face. And I thought, well, this is, we're just padding body count at this point. Mm -hmm. But then he pulls out that pistol, which apparently he still had at least one round left, sticks it in his mouth and blows his own head off. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. No. I think that's, he's the first slasher to off himself. Well, as we find out at the end of the film, he's not really offing himself. He's well, just right, but we didn't know that. Right, he's just bought himself a few minutes. Well, instead of having to break out of jail, right? Now he just has to escape from the coroner's office, right? So, and then that's pretty much. I mean, it's not quite the end, but it's pretty much where we leave off. Is that and and ultimately pick up in Terrifier too? Is that Art has his body has been taken to the coroner's office, and there's a little bit of banter back and forth about bacon. You, well, about I was going to say it's the stereotypical thing about coroners eating while they're messing with dead bodies and all that. Um, they're talking about bacon and microwaving babies. It's it's a whole thing. But once the um, the coroners leave and we're left with just the one doctor, coroner, whatever you call those people, um, going to have a look at his body. But then Art just wakes up. I mean, there's there's shit going on. Obviously, it's like it's it's hard to describe. It's or it's hard to describe. It's like an electrical storm almost. Or well, the lights start flashing on yeah, and off. Yeah, it's and like the Frankenstein. There's and, some mystical thing happening. Yeah, it's the he's alive moment and. Um, 
he starts to kill the coroner. And then we go back to Victoria. And now as we find out, this is a year later after all the events. And her parents are picking her up from the hospital. And they're saying, what a great time they've had having her as a patient. She made everybody laugh and was a joy to have. And this gave me flashbacks of the burning. Okay. So at the beginning of the burning, it it was much the same way where you had this horrible thing happen to this guy beyond his control, but it has caused him to snap. And he's been at the hospital for quite some time and they're willing him out and basically they're telling him, gotta move past this. You gotta get better. You gotta put it behind you. So this whole thing with Victoria kind of reminded me of that a little bit and that they're wheeling her out and talking about things are going to get better and all that. And then that's when we get the big reveal they we get to see her face and what it looks like and realize that she was the lady being interviewed at the start of the film so honey that is terrifier and you are thankful for it this month i am why don't you tell us one more time why art clown and cave <laughs> maybe paintings. in a little bit more detail than that ah <sighs> okay so i'm thankful for terrifier because it gave us a new slasher. I would say villain, but I think officially he's a movie monster now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't hit, they didn't hide the fact that he's supernatural, um, which is kind of nice because you don't have that whole is he or isn't he like with kind of conversation. Well, with Jason or with uh, Michael Myers. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing ambiguous about that. And I like that. It's just straightforward. Um, I think that David Howard Thornton did, does a magnificent job of portraying that character. He brings uh, some life and humor to it that I feel like is missing from some of your other even horror icons. Like art has a personality and you see it even more in Terrifier 2. And I, I don't know. I like I like my slashers to have a, a personality of some kind. You know, and he's not just saying stupid puns and jokes all the time because I've never made it a secret. I'm not the biggest Freddy fan in the world. But, you know, I feel like the first film he was pretty scary. And then after that, he just turned it. They turned him into a joke. Um, this one art is the joke (laughs) sort of, (laughs) but it's not funny one. And I really appreciate that. I don't know. It's just something new. I think that's it more than anything is that it's something new and it's good again because I, the horror thing. And that's one of the reasons that I've never, I never liked horror is because I felt like it was stale. You know, I mean, they made chainsaw massacre and then we're going to make 10 more just like it. And then we're gonna make Halloween. Then we're gonna make 10 more just like it. And we're gonna make Friday the 13th. And it's the 10 that we made that are just like Halloween, but it was just sort of a wash, rinse, repeat cycle for horror. And then they did scream and then they made 15 more just like it. (laughs) So I don't know. I mean, I get it. It follows the same sort of basic points, right? It hits all the beats like a slasher would, but Yes and no. Art brings enough different to it that it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel like it's same old like a lot of the other ones did. Because let's be honest, most horror movies are kind of predictable. You know what I mean? In the first 15, 20 minutes, you kind of identified who your your antagonist is going to be. You've identified who the final girl is going to be. you got your major uh, stereotypes picked out. Like, this is the jock. This is the pretty girl. This is the stoner. You know what I mean? And... I don't know. You, you kind of know where it's going before you ever get to the end. And I don't feel like you do in this one. Cause like you said, I honestly thought that Tara was going to be the final girl. I really did. I thought that sister was going to show up and just be part of the body count, but it's not how it went. Or they were going to survive together. Or, you know, she shows up and she's the hero that gets her out, but did not expect it to go the way it did. Right. So I don't know. What do you think? So I'm, I, I know that I, 
I'm not telling you guys anything that you don't already know or don't already agree with, but uh, to piggyback on Travis's sentiment, I, I, like I said at the beginning, I do feel like he's, he's an icon now. I believe, honestly, that he holds that status because I... <laughs> I was going to have a really horrible joke in there, but I'm I'm going to refrain. Restrain yourself. <laughs> he made horror great again. <laughs> I can't. I tried to come up with something and I couldn't think of it. Making horror great again. <laughs> so here's the thing. Starting with the title card, you get this kind of throwback to exploitation or those like really, a grindhouse. Yeah, those really horrible B movies. You know, re- yeah, you had your big titans, but then you also had your drive-in double feature, just awful movies that nobody gave a shit about. Once you went and saw them, and they were over, type of thing. It just felt very nostalgic and made me. I don't know, made me, I, I can't think of another word besides nostalgic, for that time again, where you, you were a kid and you were watching these movies wide-eyed, like, what am I going to get to see? It just felt like getting a new toy all over again. And like I said, whether it was done intentionally or intentionally, but down to the gore and the special effects and the things where you're like, oh my God, how did they do that? Or maybe that effect wasn't the best or the score, which in one scene in particular had beats that sounded really similar to John Carpenter that I went, wow, that's kind of Halloween-ish. And then he upped that ante in Terrifier 2 and, and went more heavier with the synth, which I thought was great. Um, I felt like in the second one, the music fit the tone better because you had the the lead character and she had like this kind of fantasy mm-hmm. thing going on. So I like it that they sort of adapted the music to fit the tone. Right. But we also got just some balls to the wall horror again, you know, because like you were just saying, we just have eras of a film and then it just seemed like the later we went on with the exception of, I mean, I hate to use the phrase torture porn. I don't like it. I I defend that era in film. Um, everything post 9-11 in that era, I defend pretty much with my life. But even that got tired after a while. By the time you got to Saw 18, it was kind of like, okay, enough, enough, enough. And you did all, everything has been rebooted or remade to death. So it was nice to have somebody come in with an original idea and premise and just go, let's throw it back. Like the way I was talking about um, with Adam Green and what he did with um, Hatchet. Like, let's just make the fucking horror movies that we grew up with. I That, I think, is what I love the most about it. And then, um, same, I can't praise David Howard Thornton enough. I really can't because even for somebody who doesn't speak at all, he d- he brings all of this nuance and so many things to his character that he's obviously crazy and rageful or playful. And it's just he can be any one of those things depending on the scene and, and moment where he's just in and 
and out of different personality traits, and yet he's got charisma and I think he's part magnetic. of that is the fact that he can do all of those things and change them in an instant. Yes, yes. And I think that's I, I, that's part of the reason I like him is because he he just shifts so fast through all of those things that you just talked about. Right. So yeah, it's just I I honestly I I can't praise um this film enough. I will say that I think Terrifier Two is better. Um, I agree. Even though it, it, in my opinion, don't at me, it's not a perfect film either. There, there are nitpicks I have in Terrifier too, but I still really enjoy the shit out of both films. Like I, I, I love them. The only, I don't know if I was going to throw a rocket part two, it would just be that it's, it's two and a half hour runtime. Yes. That's, that's also um, my nitpick. Because, you know, for the first, I don't know, I'd say probably the first hour and a half of that film, it didn't feel like it lasted an hour and a half, but on the back end, I was like, yeah. We're running, we're running long here, you know. That was the only complaint I had about it was I felt like it could have could have been tightened up in a couple of places. It, but other than that, they really sought to improve upon or even outdo in some cases what they did in the yeah. first film. And part part one, the one that we're supposed to be talking about. Hey, keep, I didn't bring it up. I know did. we just keep going back to Terrifier <laughs> too, but in this one probably could have tightened it up a little bit. There's probably some stuff in there that we didn't necessarily need, but there's not just a ton of fluff. For me in this one and one thing i like about the terrifier both this one and part two they're not they don't seem to be so gimmicky to me i, I don't know like it's not we're going to use nudity as the draw because there's really one scene in the first one and i don't know if there is any nudity in the second one at all is there one side boob and <laughs> that's, that's yeah it. so i mean they're not they're they're not using that it's not like a jump scare fest as a matter of fact i don't know that there's really any what i would qualify as a jump scare not really it's it's very straightforward art's coming at you you know um honestly it, both of these films rely very very heavily on thornton's art i would still like the movie probably if it was someone else i like it a lot better with him yes i and this is, nothing, again, no shade on the guy who played Art first. And this is nothing against Damien Leone. David Howard Thornton's portrayal of Art gives this movie its personality. That's, is that bad? Should I not no, say that? No, I think, I, I think he is this movie. If, um, I, if he just, yeah. if, he can, if he went in and it was Art the Clown, but acting like Michael Myers, I, I don't think I would care for it as much. Well, the way, you know, a lot of us fanboys and girls only want a certain actor playing Freddy or Michael or Jason, this is going to... To be that character for me is I I really hope that he always plays this character see, well think, it, as long as he possibly can let's rephrase that see, Obviously, I think it's more of a pest when he needs to I think it's, it's be more of a, a Freddy situation because Robert England like you could kind of see his face you know what I mean with Michael Myers and Jason you get different body movements and that sort of thing and I know we've talked about that at length but with this one David Howard Thornton is the face of Terrifier. You know what I mean? I don't think it would be possible to change him out any more than you can put. Well, we saw what happened when you tried to take Robert England out <laughs> and put someone else in the Freddy makeup. Right. It just didn't work. Not that that necessarily was a terrible film. It just didn't work. I think he's going to be that for this franchise if it becomes a franchise. And I kind of hope it does. I really hope it does. The way part two left off, I cannot, I absolutely can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, there's got to be a part three. And Damien's going to send me the screener. Oh, my God. Why do you keep calling him Fred's first name like you guys are friends? Huh? We are now. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> but uh, Travis brought up Wham! earlier, and, I, and I'm going to talk about something that they said and mentioned a few times was that this film had nothing to say. That's true. That's very true. There's no... 
big life lesson. There's no hidden meaning. There's no big think piece in it. But that is part of what makes it endearing for me. You didn't think it was a little bit woke? That's that's a joke. I was like, that's a joke. I will, I will <laughs> slap you. Um, there, that's part of what the about it that's fun is that it is one that you can just sit there and, like I said, be transformed to being a kid again, and you know, or maybe not necessarily a kid, even if you were adult watching, but watching horror from the first time, it's like getting to have that magic all over again. So I don't need to have something I need to think about. I just want to have fun sometimes. You know, if I'm in the mood to put on a depressing horror film, I'll put on Candyman. If I want to put on something that really freaks me the fuck out, I'll put on Hellraiser. This is something that I will put on when I want to have a good time. You know, when I want to have a laugh. And he is scary on top of everything else. I I know that's debatable among some, but he freaks me the fuck out, if I'm being honest. But on the other, the flip side of that, he's also fucking adorable. Yeah, I need need some of those sunflower shades. That's oh, like that's we we have gone around this house mimicking like his different facial expressions and hand maneuvers and and all of that and he's just he's so terrific. I'm sorry, I know we've been sucking yeah. this movie's dick for an hour now, but yeah, but it's part of that instability in his in in the character's personality that makes it endearing. Mm-hmm. So and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, see what I did there. I do roll credits. <laughs> But anyway, guys, I think that's going to do it for Terrifier. Wait, what are we doing next week? That's literally what I was about to get into. Wait. All right. (laughs) Next week, we go back to the movie that I'm thankful for, I guess. And I've been talking about it for a couple of months now. That's going to bring us to RoboCop. And I know that's debatable. Everybody's going to go, that's not a horror movie. That's not a horror movie. Well, I don't care what you think. And I don't care what anybody thinks. (laughs) Because like I said before, and I've had multiple discussions with other people who agree, I think it can be qualified as horror adjacent and maybe even a body horror. So I am thankful for that film and we will be talking about it next week. And I got the last pick for the month of November, so... Our final thankful movie is going to be Army of Darkness. Why do you feel like we always need to give them everything away up front? Why not? You just you're just going to rip those clothes off every time. Every time. Like you're you're so easy. Four plays overrated. <laughs> just get to it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week with RoboCop. Take care. Bye. What would you do to save the life of a teenage boy? If you subscribe to our Patreon for just three to ten dollars a month. You can get Aiden out of the industrial-sized hamster wheel we use to power our show. <laughs> For that, you'll get access to bonus content and allow me to remove Aiden's handcuffs. He doesn't run worth shit with them on anyway. Also be sure to show your support on our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter as TravisL80 and SpookyMom83. Thank you for your consideration. <laughs> <laughs>